And more recently, I've had a patient that um, actually couldn't get shirts to fit her because um, her body was smaller, but her arms were so much bigger. Um, she had to upsize her shirts so significantly. So she was like, you know what, I don't care about the scar because I just want to get a shirt that'll f- that fits my body, will fit my arms as well. Welcome back to Keeping It Real, your favourite plastic surgery podcast. Today we're talking all about brachioplasty or arm lifts for the layman amongst us. Dr. Richard Bloom and Dr. Kim Taylor join me to discuss the realities of brachioplasties, the surgery, what it actually is, what kind of scars you get and some surprising insight to the most common patients we actually see here at Ray. So Arm lifts tuck and tighten the flaps of loose skin at the top of your arms. And therein actually lies my first question. What is it? Is it loose skin? Is it fat? Is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. Well, generally, there's almost always, there's always loose skin. So that that's a given. In the majority of patients that we're operating on, the, the majority of it is skin, but there can also be some Obviously, I've seen quite dramatic examples from huge weight loss or after bariatric surgery. Before we kind of get to that stage, is there things that patients can do before surgery to help tightening the skin? Tightening skin is the holy grail, really, for plastic surgery. And um, there, there really is no way other than removing excess skin surgically to tighten skin. Ideally, things that patients can do beforehand is to have their um, body weight at as close to their ideal as possible. So um, whilst Richard said it's a skin removal operation, absolutely. Um, And as little of fat that's left behind there, um, that means there's less for us to deal with. So the more a patient can get off of their own accord, then um, the results will absolutely be better. But things like doing press-ups and tricep dips and any specific exercise to try and specifically tone that skin is really not um, going to work. It'll tone the muscles underneath, um, absolutely, so that when your excess skin is removed, you'll you'll see those muscles and it'll be an awesome result. Um, But you can't spot tone skin is the bottom line. Yeah, and I mean, as Kim was saying, if you're going to do enough exercise and, and muscle building, say like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you will take up some of that skin. But for most people, that that's not an option. Gotcha. And so obviously we're talking about surgery. Could liposuction alone achieve the same results? If there's excess skin, no. Um, so liposuction uh, in general for any body part deals with Um, essentially small excesses of fat where there is good skin tone. So um, an area that doesn't have stretch mark skin and is not significantly overweight and doesn't already have loose skin. So most of the patients that we are seeing that are looking at upper arm surgery have some looseness of their skin already. However, there are are definitely some patients that benefit from liposuction alone if they have um, just this one area of their body, um, and I've, I've actually operated on a couple of patients recently where they'd, they'd come in for another, discuss another procedure. Um, I think one was a breast reduction, and I think the other was a, a abdominoplasty, and they sort of as an aside at the end were like, oh, I've always hated my upper arms, and you know, I think I don't really want to have a big scar, and I'm not sure I need that, um, and they were both absolutely um, good candidates for 
liposuction alone in the upper arm, but those those patients are generally few and far between because um, usually there's excess skin. And if there's any looseness of skin and you perform liposuction alone, it's generally going to make the loose skin looser. Yeah, so it all comes down to what the, quali- what the quality of the skin is like. So, But it's not going to work if there's a whole lot of fat because then that's going to come with a whole lot of excess skin. But if you've got good skin tone, so generally younger patients and uh, not too much loose skin, sometimes liposuction can do well. And the skin in that part of the body does respond quite well to liposuction compared to, say, the thighs, which uh, where there's excess skin and, and excess fat, it's, it's never a good combination. I've noticed that there seems to be quite a significant gender divide between men and women in this issue. Does that come down to things like menopause or is it just that women tend to focus more on that area? Not only gender, but also occupation. It's most common in teachers and hairdressers. So what that tells me really is it's it's more common in people who are going to notice it more. And teachers, when they're writing on what you when Kim and I were at school was a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> Do teachers even write on boards anymore yeah. at all? <laughs> Don't they just use computers? <laughs> significant downturn in teachers coming in. And breaker plastics. Um, and hairdressers for obvious reasons. Uh, so I think I think women maybe just notice it more and without question, those two occupations are overrepresented in the brachioplasty population so they notice it more because they've got that their arms and we're on a podcast and we're not videoing so it's hard for me you can't see what I'm doing but they've got their arms their their shoulders at a right angle and so the fedubitas as they're commonly known uh, or bat wings are tuck shop arms tuck shop arms is the other one very very good call Kim uh, they, they they're on view, and it, it's it's maybe not even that the peep the patient themselves notice it, but they're in a situation where other people are noticing it. I I, th- I think there probably is a gender difference though as well. I think that that area, and same with the inner thighs as well. I think in women just tends to be poorer quality skin. It's women tend to put fat and lose fat from their limbs a bit more than men tend to have more of a bare belly and um, slim arms and slim legs. So, you know, I, I, I do think there is definitely a, a genetic and gender disposition to it a bit more. And and on genetic, like there's some some women that are slim and they're like, yeah, my mom's got huge arms and my grandma's got huge arms and um, that's just unlucky, I think. So we've mentioned that it's caused by massive weight loss, uh, that gender line comes down. Is it also an age and skin quality thing that comes with elasticity over time? Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, skin quality of any parts of the body um, worsens as as we age and it loses elasticity. So um, if you are a bit older and have lost weight then or even just with age generally, um, these areas will become looser. So a lot of patients who have had weight loss, their skin has been stretched and they've lost elastin which gives you the elastic property of the skin the lost collagen in their skin which also gives the, the the skin some stability so their skin is more like 
paper rather than a, an elastic band. So when you've got an elastic band and it's on full stretch and you release it a little bit, it's still tight. Whereas if you've got paper and it's you've got it fully stretched and you uh, shorten the, the piece of paper, you'll have looseness. And so that's, that's what happens with skin, particularly in patients who've lost weight. Uh, their skin is like paper more than like a, a rubber band with a lot of elastic properties. So in younger patients, not as big a problem in, in older patients where they've lost that elastic capability of their skin. That's when it becomes a problem. People also uh, ask quite often, I've seen, of the difference between an extended brachioplasty and like a mini one what is the difference and how do you know who needs what the difference there's there's not really mini okay so let's take that out of it (laughs) let's call it brachioplasty or extended brachioplasty so the scar generally would run from the elbow to the armpit and and usually just a little bit beyond just to make sure you don't get a dog ear and an excess skin in the in the armpit an extended brachioplasty would then run down the, the side of the chest um, and remove some of that skin that will sometimes bold over a bra strap so that the bra that extends beyond where the, the, the cup is. And, pe- and people talk about something, a, a brachioplasty or an arm lift where it's just up in the armpit. That's an operation that just cannot work. It, it geometrically, surgically makes absolutely no sense. If, you, if you've got excess skin in the lower part of your arm, taking skin out from your armpit is not going to address that because you think about the circumference of the arm, pulling it up doesn't decrease the circumference. So mini brachioplasty is really, I mean, much like mini tummy tuck, is not really an an alternative. The extended is where it extends beyond the armpit down to where your bra strap would be. Like, what do you think the kind of percentage divide is, or how do you choose which patients benefit from an extended? Um, it depends where the excess skin is. So, if there's kind of like more of a wing, I guess it goes right across the armpit onto the side of the chest wall, or lots of lots of skin, as Richard said, uh, sort of behind the breast in a way. Then extended is the way to go. Um, interesting when you're talking about the mini, and if it's just done in the armpit, that I've never actually seen either that operation or someone that's had that operation. Although I've seen line diagrams in a textbook or and I think some I think a patient may have actually put a posed a question about that um, on one of our Facebook pages. And you know, if you've never seen someone that has a scar that represents the surgery that you're wanting and you've only seen a diagram on a um, not even on a real person on a uh, then it's it's probably not a real operation. You've had people have asked about it, haven't you? Oh many times because like can't and again I would love to be able to demonstrate this with a video can't you can't you just tuck this bit of skin here and they grab a bit of skin in their arm it's not a real operation and there's some things and yeah again I remember when I used to do facelifts as well and people would be like can't you just just pull it back at the back of my neck and I'm like that it's not an operation. It's making something up. I can't do that. <laughs> That's and a horror this, movie. What you're it's, yeah, it's this, and it's the same as this. Like you know, every one of us look in the mirror and kind of squeezes or pulls or tucks something and be like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if you could just do that? But you, we don't make up operations. <laughs> I'm essentially quite reassuring, honestly. <laughs> I, th- I think we've got a next podcast, which is, can't you just? don't give our ideas out for free (laughs) so we've talked we've seen obviously arms we use a lot and 
for for recovery, I've seen quite a lot of concerned comments about when they can go back to using that and people describing themselves as a T-Rex when it comes like washing their hair, lifting their arms anyway. What is the recovery process like? How long does it take before you're a fully functioning human again that can reap? I think like any operation, the first two weeks are generally the worst and then after that it's a bit variable. So some people... I think Lauren said in one of our previous podcasts, some, somebody's chapter one is another person's chapter 20. So I think the first two weeks, by and large, are a bit of a write-off. After that, it, it varies from person to person. So some people will be moving their arms freely, be able to get back to work, be able to do most things. Other people might take a little bit longer, but um, I think it would be unusual for it to be any longer than sort of three or four weeks. And we would generally recommend that people are using their arms as much as possible. Um, the surgery itself is done, or well, the way I do it, the patients have their arms straight out to the side, um, like in a crucifix position. Um, and so if you imagine you're having the surgery in that position, your arms afterwards at least are going to get to that point without too much drama. So um, I always encourage my patients to be you know, trying to wash their hair, lifting their hands above their head within comfort. Um, and it's often more of a, I'm afraid to do it, that stops them from um, doing it to that point. So um, generally it's a bit, a, a bit of a fear factor. Yeah, I saw somebody online say that their surgeon had told them not to lift their arms for two months. And I was like, that just sounds That's like insanity. the opposite to everything yeah. I've heard. They'll never be able to move their shoulders ever again. Like, that, that, that makes no sense. That's whatsoever. ridiculous. Mm. So with brachioplasties, would you say they're quite common to be a part of other surgeries or added on to other surgeries? Or is it something that you do often by yourself? Um, either way, um, I th- there is some difficulty with the item numbers, the way that the mm. Medicare schedule is, and that um, it can be difficult to combine that, but it's technically something that can reasonably goes well with other procedures. Um, generally, we wouldn't look at doing multiple things at once, So, but uh, generally two types of procedures at a time would be reasonable, like thighs and arms or arms and breasts or arms and tummy, for example. Um, but however, there are, p- there are patients that come in and that's their only area of concern. So th- that's all we deal with. I think the scar position is is quite variable in terms of different practices. And Kim and I tend to put the scar more. So if you're looking at an arm straight on, and if you imagine the bottom of the arm is six o'clock, we're, we're putting it sort of at about five o'clock, if you're thinking of the right and Whereas if you have a look at a lot of the textbooks and you go to a lot of lectures and you go to conferences, it tends to be more at three o'clock. And there are a lot of issues with it being at three o'clock. So firstly, we'll address the medical issues. So the medical issues are that's where all the, the main structures run from your neck into your hand. So blood vessels, nerves, veins, lymphatic. And so making the scar a little bit more towards the back avoids all of those structures. So some of the complications that are commonly discussed with brachioplasty, such as lymphedema, which is swelling, chronic swelling of the hand, nerve injuries, vascular injuries, arteries and veins, really we're, in an, we're operating in an area that there are none of the structures. So the risk to the components is virtually unheard of. But the other thing is the scar position. So if you think of a scar being sort of on the inner part of your arm, sort of where your bicep is, if you're sitting having, and this is what I explain to my patients, if you're sitting having coffee with your friends and you're at a coffee table at a restaurant 
and you're you're sitting and reaching with things, a scar on the inner part of your arm is going to be something that's very, very obvious. Whereas Kim and I are putting the scar a little bit more towards the, the back of the arm. And so you're not going to, you don't really, and you'll see patients of ours when, when you have a consultation with her, where you've an, an image of the arm and sort of the inner part of the arm on show and you don't see a scar because it's really sort of more at the bottom. And so no one is seeing that scar. But if you put your arms down by side and you look at the back, you, 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 you will see a little bit of the scar. But my argument is the only time someone's really looking at that part of your arm is you tend to be walking away from them. So you're walking away from the table or you're in front of the person you're walking, like you may be walking away from them, and they're not really looking at that part of the arm. The other thing I'd say about the scar for this operation in particular is um, patients come in and say, I don't wear a sleeveless top because I hate my arms, it is a much more visible scar than breast and tummy surgery. So it is that trade-off of, you know, if you have a scar that's visible on your upper arm, are you still not going to wear a sleeveless top? And more recently, I've had a patient that um, actually couldn't get shirts to fit her because um, her body was smaller, but her arms were so much bigger. Um, She had to upsize her shirts so significantly. So she was like, you know what, I don't care about the scar because... I just want to get a shirt that will f- that fits my body, will fit my arms as well. Um, but it is one of those operations that we do where it is probably the most visible scar of all the things we do because even on the, a thigh lift, you can generally wear a skirt or short even to the knee and hardly see the scar, whereas on the arms, even a short sleeve top, the scar will extend to the elbow. Um, so that, that's the biggest thing that patients have to consider before having um, this type of a procedure. Yeah, so I mean, I'll always advise a patient that it's definitely going to be look better in a tighter fitting top. And if you can wear a short a t-shirt or a singlet top, that's going to be a bonus. But the aim, the bare minimum aim, is that you're going to look better in a tight fitting top. That said, I, I think it's a, a a great operation. It's it's got. Uh, it's it's fairly low risk. It's a pretty quick recovery, uh, and the results are fairly consistent and reliable. And it's a highly impactful results as well. Like you you see that difference instantly, and it's dramatic every time. And certainly with time, all scars fade. Um, and yeah, I do have a bunch of patients that you know no problem whatsoever wearing short sleeve tops with their um, with the scars that they have. So there you have it, a very thorough breakdown of brachioplasties. If you've had an arm lift, we would love to hear about how it's impacted your life. Head over to our Instagram at Replastic Surgery and tell us what it's like if you're suddenly wearing T-shirts or you've got a scar that no one notices and how much more you appreciate being able to wash your hair in the shower with your fully extending triceps. We want to know all about it. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics, so send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today, and we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery. Plastic surgery.